By the time you hear this podcast, you'll realize that just because you think you're a triple threat doesn't mean that you actually are. She said nine o'clock, she said nine o'clock, can I just keep breathing till nine o'clock, little heart, will you please hold together till she's here standing near again. Then at nine o'clock, we may see a sight Like the world's first rainbow to glow at night And if we get a kiss just then We'll see miracles from nine to ten Seth MacFarlane. Yes, that's Seth MacFarlane, the creator of Family Guy and The Cleveland Show and American Dad. <laughs> Most people don't remember The Cleveland Show or they, they don't want to remember it. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a point of shame. Oh. But that is a cover of the song Nine O'Clock from his album Music Is Better Than Words. Yes, did you know that Seth MacFarlane was a singer? Uh, Academy Award nominee Seth MacFarlane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oscars so, host, right too, right? Mm-hmm. Oscars host also. I don't know if he hosted the Oscars. I thought he did. I'd have to look that up. I think he did. Okay. Um, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> I, it's possible, definitely. But um, that'll give you a hint of a topic we're going to get into tonight. And of course, you are listening to. By the time you hear this podcast, I'm Greg. I'm Ben. And we're back with another episode. Um, right now, you may hear a fan in the background. Um, <laughs> we're recording this in my apartment. The air conditioner has been out for a week, and uh, we're waiting for maintenance to, quote unquote, order a part. <laughs> and uh, I'm not sure if we can make that any fast, make that go any faster or how to fix it, uh, how, if I can fix it myself. But uh, it's probably it's, coming from China. It's the part they got to order it. Um, yeah. Maybe if Donald Trump is elected, that will stop. You know, we'll, we won't have to wait for parts. We'll make China. them here. We'll make them in America and that will make us great again. Yeah. Make parts want, to make America great again. Yeah. I, I don't want to risk that just for an air conditioner. I can't, nah. do, it. can't mm-hmm. do it. But that's as far as the political views will go on here. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, 
So we're back with another episode. You're going to hear the fan because it's, 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 we're in Georgia and it's, it's just hot. I don't care how many degrees it is. It's just hot at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Humid too. So um, we'll be dealing with those kind of elements. Um, so um, Ben, it's been, uh, has it been an interesting week in music or has it been, um, I don't know, ho-hum. I mean, we got Lollapalooza, but I'm not big on music festivals. I don't know about you. Nah, me either. I mean, me either. Not even to sound like a snob, um, because some of my friends have kind of said that to me when I say that, but I don't like big music festivals. I do prefer more intimate venues. Um, The smaller ones, acoustic shows. I love Eddie's Attic. I think Eddie's Attic is a great place to take in a show, as well as Smith's Soul Bar. So I don't really go to many festivals. The closest thing I think I've been Two was the Jeep World Outside Festival when I was in high school because I didn't know any better. And then I went and saw Muse for the Final Four. Um, and that's just because, you know, they don't come here that often. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know when I get to see them again. It was a great show. I also saw, got to see Flo Rider that day. Yeah. So that was cool. So I take it you did not see uh, Guns N' Roses or Pitbull last week. Were they here? Atlanta. Oh, no. Yeah. Guns N' no. Roses was at the Georgia Dome. I'm, I'm, <laughs> what? I've heard how. I've heard they're really good. I've I've been hearing that the show's been really good. Um, I'm not gonna go. I mean, I'm I'm a Guns N' Roses fan, but not that big of a Guns N' Roses fan. Especially if I'm not gonna get to see the original. Or is it the original lineup? I'm not sure. I I don't I don't I don't know. I just saw it was Guns N' Roses. Yeah, and I kind of checked out. Yeah. No, especially if they're with. I don't even know if, if Axl Rose is even there. I know he's performing with ACDC, so, but he was sitting in a chair oh because God. he. I don't know. So it wasn't diabetes. It wasn't know. Guns N' Roses featuring Pitbull, was it? They weren't touring oh, together. No. no, okay. It's like that's the weirdest <laughs> that bill ever. Been a completely different show. But that's I, almost as weird as the bill down in Perry that has Peter Frampton and Leonard Skinner on it. Like that's just that's so weird. And I'm gonna try to see it, but that's so weird. <laughs> the fans that will come together to see that. I guess it's weird. Yeah. Um, Guns N' Roses was at the Georgia Dome and Pitbull was at Phillips. Okay. Um, this week, I don't know if there's another big concert at either of those places. I know like WWE, like Monday Night Raw is, uh, we're recording this on a Monday. Yeah, they're and, here tonight. Yeah. Yeah, they're at Phillips tonight. <laughs> I think they're, the UFC was there this weekend too at Phillips. UFC 201. Yeah. Yeah, someone yep. I follow was there. Um, they also have a on a I guess on a smaller scale they have some some fight nights at center stage. Really? Like, they, like they boxing do. or MMA? MMA. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but hey, they it, they have it there. So I didn't know that. I have some friends who are really into that. I got to see if they know that. Tell them to go check it out. Um, I mean, like this week. I mean, we just got news. Frank Ocean, um, who many people. He, I mean, he's been the subject of many memes. Where it's just like, when's he coming out with this? When's he coming out with this? Finally, you know, announced that he's got a new album coming out. He's got a new video coming out. Um, I think it was just released, or it's about to be released. Um, the albums are going to be an Apple Music exclusive, which I'm not a fan of exclusives, but... Yeah, it's going to be a new... Um, it's going to be an album on Friday. It's called Boys Don't Cry, exclusive with Apple Music. And uh, it's been at least uh 
Well, what's interesting is he announced the title three years ago. Really? <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> he announced the title three years ago. And um, he's going to come out with it on Friday. So people can stop asking, where's the album, Frank? Yeah. It's All crazy. Because right. I still remember hearing um, Sweet Life on an episode of Gossip Girl. Like, that's how old that album is. Well, there was there was an episode where it was all where it was everything all Frank, was yeah. from Channel Orange. It was all Frank Ocean music, and I remember hearing that. And God, I mean, that's that that's how old that album is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that show had been on the air for like four years. Yeah, and we've just been waiting for a Frank Ocean album. And I, I mean, I like Frank Ocean. Um, looking at the title, "Boys Don't Cry," I have to wonder if it will deal with his sexuality, um, which, I mean, after him, you know, with him coming out. I, I don't know, like I just I get the I get the feeling it makes me think of the um the movie Boys Don't Cry and it just makes me wonder if he'll kind of explore the fact that like, you know, ever since he did come out of the closet, maybe people look at him differently. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, do you think he might try to explore I, that? I, I think there'll be some some themes some that'll be a theme, yeah, if not the theme of the album. And he kind of explored it in, in some ways on Channel Orange. Yeah. I know there's a song called Forrest Gump. Yeah. That um that kind of explores that. Uh What's interesting on here uh, in the article I'm reading from the New York Times, um, the album is going to be on Apple Music exclusively for two weeks before being widely released, <clears throat> according to someone who spoke on the condition of anonymity because they are not authorized to discuss these plans if they work for Apple, which isn't surprising. Apple plays everything close to the vest. I mean, people are releasing articles on what they think the iPhone 7 is going to have. We don't even know if it's even going to be called the iPhone 7. <laughs> So, um, but it's a, it's another, it's an interesting deal that, that they have, um, they have had these kind of deals with Drake, Future, Chance the Rapper, and the band, the 1975. Mm -hmm. I think they had one with Coldplay too. For, okay. um, yeah, for, um, their latest album, which I cannot think of the name of, I think it's Scott Full of Stars. Um, that had Ghost, that was from Ghost Stories. Their yeah. new album is called, um. Uh, it was on the edge of my head, and I totally forgot. Venture of a lifetime had that had a, a head full from, of dreams. Head full of dreams, not a sky full of stars. I knew of a, a something Close. full of something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, these exclusive deals, and I mean, I, I know they're not they're not all going the way of um, buzzword Taylor Swift and keeping it on there forever, but still not a fan. But I mean. You go, especially in the, the climate of the industry nowadays, you go where the money is. And Apple is willing to pay top dollar, it seems, to get those exclusives. And I guess they will continue to get them because it it's going to drive people to get the service. And that's what they want, you know, ultimately. It is. Um, have, have you used your, your three-month trial? Yes, I did. Oh, I haven't used mine yet. Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I got it because... Um, I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you know I'm a Taylor Swift fan, and that's the only place you can get her music legally. <clears throat> legally. So I tried it. To, <laughs> I tried it for a bit. I mean, there's and there are a few other artists. I mean, like, I'm a huge fan of a band called the Virginia Coalition. Um, I don't know why. I just feel like for some reason they might be listening to this. I don't know. But um, some, of their, um, some of their albums are on there that are not on Spotify, um, especially some of the albums that include songs that they did before their major label release that sound different and stuff like that is cool to me. So I kept it for the full three months, but I, I ultimately could not, um, I couldn't keep both. 
Like I, I just couldn't qualify it. Like I, I had Spotify already. I had a lot of me and Spotify had a lot of history, a lot of playlists together, and Apple Music just it just wasn't worth it. So I had to let it go. It was okay. it was very hard to let it go because there was some good stuff on there. And every now and then I do think of like going back and re-upping. Um, but, you know, I got I got other things to do, man. I got, you know, I got I got I got things to do in life. So. Um, and looking at this article about about the new album, uh, there's been a lot of there's some imagery, some and it could turn into symbolism. Um, I'm sure, uh, well, Ben is, Ben is, uh, on Reddit. I am not. So, but I, I believe that if, if there was a Frank Ocean Reddit, I, I feel that there is, there's one. I wouldn't be surprised, but people will like speculate on what certain things mean. Um, and even though it's like the smallest thing, like, okay. Um, uh, he put a picture, um, of, a you know, in the library, the, the due date slip mm-hmm. that's in the book. He put a picture of that with different dates that go back over a year. And he put that picture on his website and it includes the date that, um, <clears throat> well, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at the picture, but let's say it includes the date of the release of the album. Mm-hmm. He could put off the album even longer it won't come out on friday it'll come out later i would hope not <laughs> but, but <laughs> if if it was if someone like put that up on reddit they'll try to break down like what each date means yeah. like does it mean like okay these are the dates that the album was going to come out but we push it back or are these significant dates in his in his life over the past year you know mm-hmm. um did he fall in love or did he get into a car accident or you know did he um with someone's birthday i don't know um <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if maybe their recording date states that he wrote songs I, I don't know i'd have to look at the picture as well to see how many dates there are total yeah um that's that's that is a little lot though now also there was another video on the website of a pair of workbenches in a big empty room yeah i saw it. that what is <laughs> it's to, it's, and it's it was on mystery. instagram and then it was taken down, but there was an Apple Music logo hmm, uh, in, in the video. Oh, okay. And, uh, 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 so does that mean it's going to be on Apple Music or did it morph into a title logo? I don't know. But, you know, somebody can speculate on what that actually means. Okay. Yeah, you're right. There is a Frank Ocean Reddit subreddit. Of course, there, it's got to be. Yeah. It's not for everything. And uh, yeah, there. Oh man, there's a lot of people on here too. Yeah, the top the top post right now is "Boys Don't Cry" officially coming out Friday. So he would break a lot of hearts <laughs> if it didn't come out. Yeah. I will say too, um, as far as when we got this news to when it's coming out, it's like less than a week. That's really quick. Um, well, I think uh, we're at a time now where you know it's not the traditional or the um, what be what may be considered normal is okay. You come out with the first single, mm-hmm. you push that single for a while, you shoot a video, and then maybe another single, and then the album comes out. Yeah. Um. Now, 
you know, with a lot of artists that can release material themselves, like not through a record company mm -hmm. and just promoting it through <laughs> social media and trying not to spend a whole lot of money on that. Yeah. You can come out with an album whenever you want. You could do what Kanye did, which I never see. I never thought artists would do it mm -hmm. because I mean, I just, it, it didn't, it didn't make sense. I mean, you want to put out a finished product. Yeah. Like he'll like Kanye put out the life of Pablo. And it was, it, and then it, yeah. it, it wasn't done. <laughs> it wasn't done yet. So he, and then he went back and added a couple songs and I don't know if he took any songs off. But I think he, he was like up until the final release, he was like still mastering and like remastering yeah. stuff. But he had it out there for everyone to, well, he put it out on title. Mm -hmm. So let's redact. He had it out for everyone to hear redacted uh <laughs> he had it on on title but he went and made some changes ba basically he put out an unfinished product and then finished it and then put it out again mm -hmm. uh you i'd never even seen that no that before. that's the first I've, that's the first time i've ever seen that too and you can um and what beyonce has done a couple of times yeah just come out with an album yeah <laughs> no like, fanfare we, we did like no one was everyone's listening to the last album <laughs> And then all of a sudden, hey, do you know Beyonce Damn. put out a new album? Like, it came out like an hour ago. <laughs> Which to me is, is funny um, to see how, like, the really big artists can do that. The ones that are just in control of their careers. Yeah. They can they can do that if they want to. Um, I don't, and that's weird, too, because, like, sometimes you will see people, you will see people put, like, a little bit of production, not production, but a promotion into it. But, like, yeah, like, Frank Ocean, less than a week. I mean, basically, he he announced it. Beyonce didn't tell anybody, um, and like you said, like you can artists now have more control. They might not feel like they do, but with like, I don't want to say necessarily the dissolution of record companies, but like, record companies have lost a significant amount of their power. They they're not. This is not their early '90s. This is not the mid '90s. This ain't the '80s. Like record labels mainly are tools of distribution. You have more money than me or a, I don't want to spend my money. So you, you put this out for me. I'll promote it on social media. I'm not going to, you don't have to promote it for me. I'll promote it myself because you know, I'm Beyonce. I have 20 something million followers. I'm, I'm Taylor Swift. I have 20 something million followers. I'm whoever I have, you know, I have all these followers. I'll just tweet it. I'll put it on Instagram. Boom. Instant free promotion. And hell, I might even get Instagram to pay me for this. <laughs> I mean, or like if you're, um, if you're, I think I saw Taylor Swift now, they're giving her like, um, beta stuff to test on Instagram, like to help her, to let her go through and find like incendiary comments and delete them. So like, if you're a big celebrity, why would you ever go through any means? No one watches TV anymore. You're not going to see those commercials promoting an album on TV. It's going to be, it's going to be somewhere on social media. So it makes complete sense. And like, I almost feel, almost kind of feel bad for record companies because it's like one more nail in their coffin, but. And they don't even have to. They're not even paying for music videos either. Mm -mm. If you can get somebody to like, you know, product placement, you mm -hmm. see someone with a beats pill out of nowhere. Yeah. Someone just has a beats pill in the middle they're of their video. Paid for that. And they're getting paid <laughs> for that product placement. Um, I, I see that. I, well, I was bringing up beats pill because I, I see that the most. Oh, yeah. Like beats somebody just randomly has a beats pill. Um, I remember with. Uh, um. LMFAO, remember them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> what happened uh, to them? <laughs> I think they took a break from each other. Oh, okay. Um, 
uh, and they came out with their own music, which sounds exactly as if they were together. But oh, you know, God. anyway, um, I saw one video and it, they there was this drink called I think it was called like Cherry Tree Cola or something like that. It was from some soda, which I'd never heard of and have not seen it anywhere since then. <laughs> um, but that was just someone. That was just a like a I guess a sponsor for the video. Yeah, having product placement. So even the music video game has changed. Yeah, um, in that regard. But I think now with also the availability of, you know, how someone could can record music in their bedroom with just a couple of things. Yeah, and then put it up on SoundCloud, um, or if they're able to put their stuff up on. Excuse me, and uh, on iTunes, yeah, it could you know it could be immediate, and the money that they would get comes straight to them. They're not yeah. going through anybody. No middleman. <clears throat> yeah, that used to be a big deal if you could do that. Like you were considered like, um, almost like a whiz kid if you knew how to write your own songs, record your own songs, and then release them. And now that's almost the norm. Yeah, I mean it's it's the equivalent to. Uh, I'm going to make a reference to a VH1 movie that um, probably no one has seen too much of, but the MC Hammer movie. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. Um, <laughs> and it, but it, I mean, the the part of it that is definitely true, and you know, they'll they'll take some liberties with a <clears throat> biopic, especially if it's on television instead of in the movie theaters. But the thing is, MC Hammer sold his first album out of the trunk of his car. Ah, yeah, and. He was selling, you know, vinyl and tapes out of the trunk of his car, and he made as much money doing that as the um, record company who was going to sign him offered him. Yeah. To begin with, they made him an offer. He's like, I, I'm, I can make that sell out of the trunk of my car <laughs> without y'all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so basically, it was part of the negotiation to where uh, he ended up like getting a bigger signing bonus or a bigger contract. He got a lot of money. Um, so uh, right now, selling it out of the trunk of your car is putting it up on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. Even if even if it's for free, yeah, you still get out there. You still put your name out there. And if you're able to get it on iTunes, then then you're making some money off of it. Too. Yeah. Um, and then just also the notoriety from being on SoundCloud. People going to find you and hoping that somebody who makes decisions or somebody who's big enough to boost your brand even more hears you, which is, I mean, invaluable. Like, you know, kind of piggybacking off of someone else. They're like, I heard you on SoundCloud. I want you to come and work on this album with me. I want you to come and do this with me. Yeah. I mean, and there's also the, the, what we've mentioned before as a possible topic, uh, the YouTube artists. Oh yeah. Where you really don't know them from anywhere else, but hey, they're on YouTube. They have a following. Um, if they're a YouTube partner, then they're making some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're touring. They're you know, they're being an artist, just not on the on the grand scale that you know your Beyonces or Taylor Swifts are. But they're still making pretty good money. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> they're able, yeah definitely. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, boys don't cry. There's uh, you know Frank. Where's the album? It's coming Friday, maybe, yeah. possibly, likely. Yeah. Another thing <laughs> happened to um, Saya, who is uh, 
I, I like her a lot. I mean, I like her a lot as a uh, as a songwriter. Dig her as a performer too, but really like her as a songwriter. Loved when she wrote um, Diamonds for Rihanna. Um, she um, finally hit. She had her first number one single, um, Cheap Thrills, which was from an album that she said that was full of, I guess, for lack of a better term, throwaways. Other song, songs that other artists, you know, did not want to because she she um, she you know her her name is big from writing. I mean, she has a few hit songs, but she mainly broke into the industry outside of what she did prior to, you know, writing songs as a writer, basically. Um, and just kind of started really doing more pop focused music at the urging of her label. And now she's got a number one hit. She beat out, um, she supplanted Drake uh, with his first number one hit. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. Um, but I'm, I'm happy for her. Like the song's not bad. Um, it's not my favorite by her. I think, um, if um god i can't think of the name of the song the one that she did with the weekend for 50 shades of gray um would it hit harder i'm calling myself a side fan i can't even think of the song from that um and another one bites the dust ah let me look this up here kasai is awesome and i should know that song i think what's um oh yeah and anyone who wants to see saya live I thought it was pronounced Sia. I don't know. Uh, oh, Elastic Heart. Excuse me. That's the name of Elastic Heart. Oh, okay. Yeah. I do love um, that song. She is on tour with Miguel and Aluna George, and they will be at Phillips in November. I love it. That's going to be a good show. Um, I thought about going. Maybe maybe not. Is I like Phillips? Miguel. He's at Phillips. I, I just don't want to go. <laughs> <laughs> he'd, be, he'd be really, I imagine he'd be very good at an intimate venue. He's a performer. <laughs> yeah, I think he was at the Tabernacle last year, I think. Or yeah. maybe earlier this year, but I know he's performed there. Yeah, Miguel's a performer. Um, And I'm actually, like, I'm a fan of Aluna George now, too. Okay. So, um, another possible topic of the, the pop duo. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was kind of dead, but now there, there's a few out there that mm-hmm. we can get into. Um. So, yeah, uh, it, it's interesting that, you know, she made an album of songs that <laughs> other <laughs> artists didn't. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, and she yeah. got a number one hit with one of them. Yeah. So somebody missed out. Yeah. Um, it just shows how good of a writer she is. I mean, she's past just her performing because she's got the name now. And, and part of getting a number one hit is the quality of the song and the name of the song. Um and I think that kind of helped now that her celebrity status has been kind of bolstered a bit with um, Chandelier, with Elastic Heart being both being big hits. Um, really with with um, Chandelier being like the first one that I was like, wow, like this is a this is a really big song. I don't I don't think at that point I'd heard a song from her that was that big because everything else that she'd done prior to that on um, like her first few albums were closer to stuff that like. I don't want to necessarily say like what um, Lana Del Rey was doing, but more in, more in that vein of dream pop, mm-hmm. um, kind of indie pop. Um, it, it just wasn't very radio friendly stuff. And she had a fan base or I'd even maybe say Emojin Heap closer to stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and it was good stuff, but like, and she had her, she had a very good fan base, but I guess she just she wanted more money. Like she was like, I'm writing all these songs for these people. Why don't I sing one? Like, 
you know, like uh, <laughs> yeah, would I make money off my songs? I'm gonna make money off my songs. <laughs> was uh, what did Andre say in the in the John Legend song? Sometimes you gotta get from behind the piano, you yeah. know, like <laughs> so. Yeah, they did that with Alicia Keys too. I I always thought that was, I thought they were trying too hard because she had some success playing piano, but they with um, this girl is on fire with um, no one when she really tried to go pop. And I mean, like, I know those were some of her biggest songs, but like, I wasn't really a huge fan of that era of Alicia Keys. Cause I was like, Alicia, you're not pop. You're a soul artist. You're, you're a soul singer songwriter. There's not a lot of those, you know, stay to what, you know, stay to what you do well. And I'm glad well, she don't do that no more. Some people think that with Alicia Keys, um, Ever since she got into a particular relationship, <laughs> uh, her artistry has suffered hmm. immensely. Um, we'll say that for another time, but I yeah. think people listening know what we mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is a very special birthday, I think, today as we are recording for MTV. Um, for those of you under the age of 20 yeah yeah, that's a safe age maybe maybe even a little older maybe maybe 25 yeah um there was a there was once upon a time where mtv which does stand for music television uh (laughs) played videos and that was their entire programming um Mm -hmm. in the a little later in their run um they did play some tv shows like i think one of the first ones they played was happy days that like the reruns of happy days and that kind of renewed interest in happy days uh (laughs) i it it was yeah kind of strange and um i think there was another tv show that oh and the monkeys really they played the monkeys they played they played the monkeys tv show huh well i mean i guess that had to do with music so i guess it kind of counts yeah the prefab four um (laughs) But uh, yeah, MTV uh, debuted on August 1st, 1981. And the first video they played, Video Killed the Radio Star by The Buggles. Great song. Um, there, was, uh, there was a poll in uh, that Billboard did in 2011 for the 30th birthday for, their, for people to rate their favorite videos of the first three decades. Um. And then MTV showed the 10 best videos from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. Um, so for me, like, MTV introduced me to, well, to music videos. And we were both in high school, maybe middle school, partially, for the, for the TRL era. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> the TRL <clears throat> era, um, man, that's such, it's such a those are songs that get stuck in your head. If you, if you were seeing them on the countdown every day. Yeah. Otherwise I like that exposed me to Limp Biscuit, and then <laughs> what turned into the new metal era, which I'm glad it's kind of, I'm glad it's over. Yeah. I was going to say <laughs> does does MTV owe you an apology? <laughs> um, but yeah, like the number one videos, there's only like, it was only like a handful of artists that had a number one video on TRL. It was Limp Biscuit, Korn, Britney God. Spears, Christina Aguilera, Backstreet Boys, NSYNC. Yeah. Um, I swear Korn I swear, was everywhere. Korn and Limp Biscuit were everywhere. I, I can't then. even think of anybody who may have snuck in there and had a number one video. Maybe like Usher 
or Missy Elliott. Uh, but I'm think, yeah, I'm trying to think what album 8701 would have been on around, my way in 8701 would have been coming out around that time. Yeah, 8701 was 2001. Yeah. Uh, my way was like 97, yeah, 97, I just moved to Atlanta. Um, so like maybe, maybe Usher or Missy Elliott stuck in there. Yeah. Um, but, but really like a handful of artists that, or maybe even Destiny's Child maybe had a number. Oh, you and know, Eminem, I wouldn't be surprised Eminem, if Bills, 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 maybe. Yeah. And Eminem, like my he is... blew up in the TRL era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, he probably doesn't want to thank Carson Daly. But, you know, you made jokes about him in your song, so you got to think mm-hmm. of a little bit. But um, oh, I think, man, I I think, think M- MTV, that, yeah. like, that's where Eminem made his name. Um, so Eminem's definitely one of those artists that had a, seemed to have a number one video every time. Uh, that's what I remember most about MTV. And, of course, the real world, the road rules, and their <laughs> TV shows. Their videos, not so much. Uh, they had, I think they made MTV too. Like we have all this original programming. Let's put our videos on this second channel. Yeah. <laughs> and then they started putting their shows on that second channel. Yeah. So let's make another one. Let's call it MTV Jams and put <laughs> our videos on that one. And then they started putting TV yeah. shows on that one. Is that too much content? So um, they've definitely like uh, shaped a lot of people's views um, over the year. Thirty-five years. That's crazy. It it's, it feels like longer. <laughs> no, it, it does. Um, only because of the massive amount of content they've put out. Yeah. MTV was definitely made, and I'm not going to say it made us into this, but it was made for the coming ADD generation. To where the, genera- the generation that like, whose attention span you couldn't keep for more than two minutes tops. And that's why, if you really think about it, and maybe it was to shove in ads, who knows, but like on TRL, the videos were shorter. Yeah, they, like they, they were much yeah. shorter, and it was full of people giving shout-outs. And they never played the whole video. No. They played like, oh, this is a number seven, and they'll play like 30 seconds. And it's usually with people like shouting, like, my name is Jenny, and I want to say happy birthday. Yeah. And it's just like, and and so, yeah, you had to get back to Carson Palmer <laughs> at the Times Square. Why did I say Palmer? Wow, football player. It's not football season yet. Carson Daly at the Times Square <laughs> Studios. Um, where I swear, do they still have that studio? They they shot everything there, their New Year's um, Eve thing, everything. They may still have it, or or Disney bought it. Yeah, but <laughs> Disney bought that space. Like I felt like TRO. Even then, you could kind of see it was less about the videos, more about the the theatrics and the and the experience. Yeah, I saw this. Um, you know, when it was funny where there were references to TRL in mm-hmm. movies. Um, there was this really bad movie I saw. Um, and it was, it was made during the TRL era and it was, they tried to capitalize on it. It was called, um, oh man, I, why can't I remember the name of the movie now? What's it, it about? Okay. It had, um, uh, two of the members of NSYNC, two of the five members. Um, hmm. it had Lance Bass and Joy Fatone, um, what is it? didn't have Usher in it, did it? It didn't have Usher. Okay, I'm thinking of the movie he was in with um, Emmanuel Shakiri. On the Line. On the Line. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. That was, I was thinking, I was thinking in the mix. I was trying to think of the name of the Usher movie. That was where the he Usher was the, movie. Uh, yeah. He was the uh, bodyguard. Oof. Usher I thought that. he was a DJ who saved someone's life, and then he became the bodyguard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let us not forget that Usher had an acting career. Let us not forget. Um, 
so yeah, on the line, and there was a scene where okay, one it has two of the guys from NSYNC, but not like probably not the two that you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have the two people that you would have wanted. Um, and there was a scene where Joy Fatone sees his favorite artist on TRL, and his fit, but his favorite artist, his name is like the Mick, and he's played by Richie Sambora. As in John Bon Jovi? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and, um, like, were people listening to Bon Jovi back then? Like, even then, even in 2001? I mean, yeah. It's My Life, was that still a hit? I know it may yeah. have been, it seemed like it was on VH1's top 20 countdown yeah. for five straight years. It was, it was there. It had just become a hit. It wasn't there for long, because, I mean, like, um, I, I don't think they could necessarily shake their 80s personas it's my life uh, written by max martin mm. um kind of breathed new life into them but they kept trying to like after that they had a phase where they kind of did like a, a country rock roots rock album and then they came back with another song that yeah, sounded that's, just that's, like that it sounded like uh it's called have a nice day, day. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we used to say write a new song like, it was the same song and it's just like and now he's doing direct tv commercials so you know hey yeah yeah, that is that always that seems to be the career arc of bands from the 80s, like oh, the yeah. hair metal bands. Yeah, okay, well, it leads to doing a commercial, but it's like, okay, we have all this success, and then in the new decade, we need to change it up a little bit. Let's uh, let's do some roots rock, let's make it a little, let's do some country. You know, someone starts listening to Hank Williams' yeah. music. <laughs> Or some Waylon Jennings, and like they want to make a uh, an album that way, or Let's something. Let's make it serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, I don't know. It's we, funny. Poison did that with uh, Native Tongue. Yeah, and yeah. it was so bad. And the movie, uh, have you seen Get Him to the Greek? Yes. I think like the African child. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were making fun of that Poison album. Oh God. <laughs> It's like it's that poison album that they oh, tried to. Oh God! Um, and what's sad is like <laughs> that that was the album that they had their best guitar player, but they just still couldn't make a good album. Mm. Like they still because you still have Brett Michaels singing, and just be real, guys. Brett Michaels can't sing. I don't know how many Poison fans are out there. I hate to break your heart. Brett Michaels can't sing. <laughs> he wrote "Every Rose Has Its Thorn." Oh, I can't write either. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I hate to break hearts. <laughs> I don't like to do that because it hurts people's feelings sometimes, but yeah, can't sing. What's your favorite video from the last 30 years? I'm looking here at their poll. Um, uh, of these choices, uh, there's some man, videos uh, Freak on a Leash blew my mind the first I time saying, I saw that's it. That's a good video. Um, Californication. That, I also love that video. A lot uh, of people didn't seem to not remember how big that like i know a few of my friends were like i don't remember it being that big of a deal when it came out i'm like i do like i remember like watching that video all the time uh i had i had that cd and yeah. I, had, I i can't find it anymore but i know i played the crap out of it um i think smells like teen spirit because of the the kind of song it was mm -hmm. rather than the video i mean the video is still iconic but i think the song kind of made that big uh even like enhance what the yeah the video was uh scream michael jackson and janet jackson that's my favorite i was gonna say that's my yeah. favorite um man there's yeah scream is uh, 
And I think, but I think like thriller is it, it kind of, I think it like it, it was a game changer as far as you, you got like the music video at the time was mm-hmm. still a new thing. Yeah. It was still, it was very new. And then it was like, okay, if you want to sell these albums, we gotta, <laughs> we have to make these short, they're probably called short films at the time. Yeah. We got to make these short films. Yeah. And people were making their name off of just directing videos. Um, and, and then making videos, like you had to make it big, make it like, um, you, you had to make it memorable. Uh, and then there were, and then there were some videos you look back at them now. It's like, this is so plain. Yeah. But at the time oh, it my, was a big yeah. deal. Like th- any of these hair bands, I felt like every, <laughs> this is another, I know we're going off topic here, but with hair bands in the, in the hair metal bands in the eighties, they had the, the big rock song mm-hmm. that was kind of up tempo. And then they had the ballad mm-hmm. and every video, every song that was a ballad, the video was always them on tour <laughs> on the tour bus. I'm coming home. <laughs> it was, it was always just them on tour. Like this is your second song. You've been on tour this long. <laughs> You're always on tour. And then the third single, um, they're just, they're, it was the video um, of it was of the performance video. Yeah. But the arena's empty. Oh yeah. And it's from all these different angles. They could be, you know, they're on the stage and everything. They're mugging from the cameras. But it's just in an empty arena that they did before the show. It probably took them like an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Banged it out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just remember what every ballad seemed to be a tour montage. <laughs> yeah. Those st- and those stages on, th- on those videos were larger than life. Yeah. Like those were, were like they could have probably made more money if they didn't have <laughs> such a huge setup. You didn't need all the pyrotechnics, man. Yeah. I'm like I'm looking at that I'm just like as a performer like I would feel intimidated by a stage that size. <laughs> because like where am I going to go? Like if I go too far to the left, I can't see anyone else. Like <laughs> it's just it's scary how big these stages were. Oh but, man. Man, um, yeah. So hair, we'll say we'll save the hair metal conversation yeah. for another day. But yeah, scream. Probably my favorite Michael Jackson song. Period. Um, yeah. just Is it for still the, the most expensive video ever made? I think so. Um, I mean, even just I mean, the video was great. I mean, it had his his sister in there, Janet Jackson. Um, which I mean, you kind of almost have to wonder like, why didn't they do that before? Um, your sister and brother work together. I think, I think they were just so busy doing their own thing. Yeah. Like it seemed like, uh, Michael would just, just tour and tour oh God, yeah. for like, he, he, even though I think what the song was like in 95, 96, I think so. I think he was still touring from the bad album. <laughs> even though he had two more albums since that before then he was still touring off the bad album or something. Um, it just seemed like he would just, he would just tour and tour. And then my, and then Janet is just touring and touring and doing movies. Um, so I think they just finally decided to take a break and then, yeah, let's do a song together yeah. finally. And they got Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis on yeah. it. Jimmy um, Jam and Terry Lewis, man. Oof. I, I don't think they get enough credit for what they have done musically. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that is another topic we'll say for another day oh yeah um so uh any other news that you want to talk about uh i don't think so um looks like we covered everything i had here um yeah okay well what we can get to um is your earworm of the week all right <clears throat> so it's kind of battling over which song i want to pick and uh i'm kind of gonna go to an earworm it was an earworm before we started this show um once again um shout out to spotify this was in my spotify discover playlist mm. um that's how i found it the name of the band is big wreck um and the name of the song is that song that's the name of the song. Um, that song. And I mean, it's really kind of like, it's it's really about like, one of my favorite ways to listen to songs, my first favorite way to listen to a song is is on headphones in the dark. Don't ask why. My next favorite is when I'm in my car and I'm blasting a song on high. And that's what this song's about. Like he like he loves this song. He loves that song, but only when he's in his car listening to it loud. Hmm. And he talked about the memories it brings. It's a really good song. And for guitar players out there, I love the riff. I love the I love the tone of the guitar. It sounds it sounds really good. It's just when you hear it, you'll you'll know what I'm talking about. All right, so that song by Big Wreck, and we'll be right back.
Yeah, I like that song. <laughs> no, it's got, I love the. It's got a very um, that that riff, man. Like the tone, it's not too dirty. It sounds just right. It sounds just right. All right, that song by Big Wreck. Yeah, all the kids out there who play, who are learning to play guitar, um, please keep this in mind. When you're turning up that distortion, you don't have to put it to ten. You can put it to five. You can put it to six. Uh, if you put it to 10, you're going to get a ton of feedback and a lot of fuss. Just just take it from me, guys. <laughs> this is from their 1997 album, In Loving Memory. I don't know if it's their first one, but it's the earliest one on Spotify. So uh, check that out. And also check out our BTT YHT earworms, which will include this song and my earworm, which you'll hear later on the show. All right. So... Um, what we wanted to talk about tonight, uh, uh, what I wanted to get into tonight is, uh, well, a clue was from the Seth MacFarlane song that you heard at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it is the actors who sing, uh, actors who happen to sing. Um, if they are on Broadway, um, if they are doing, you know, big time musicals, uh, you know, if they're in Hamilton, I'm sorry, Leslie Odom Jr. will not be included <laughs> on the list. Um, but uh, artists who happen to, well, actors who happen to sing, it's like kind of a coincidence. Like, what, really? You, you sing? You, you sing? <laughs> um, you know, so I wanted to get into that kind of a, a spinoff of the athletes conversation we had um, uh, on the last episode. Uh where it's a hobby or it's a, you know, maybe, maybe it's something they were doing in the first place. You know, some actors, I mean, there are actors, but they were all, you know, they're these triple threats, you know, mm -hmm. they can sing, dance, act. I feel like there was a, a or maybe it's something different as far as what a triple threat is, but I <laughs> no, think yeah. you understand what I'm getting at people. Um, so uh, what are, are, are there like, any like obscure like they're they're big time actors or you know of them but they have a musical side and you were pleasantly surprised by it or just surprised in general mm -hmm. or put off you know we can go anyway we've got this conversation <laughs> um I, and honestly i mean you know when you sent me this the first one and we talked about this last week robert downey jr because mm -hmm. i hadn't heard his album first um, I had not, I didn't watch Ally McBeal, so I didn't see him sing on there. Um, my first experience was someone sending me a video of him singing with Sting mm -hmm. and, um, hearing him open his mouth and going like, Oh, he can do that. <laughs> and so that was, that was, that's my first choice. And I'm glad that's that he's first on the list. Um, his album's very quirky. If, if I can, if I can say, um, doesn't really fall into any popular constructs as far as um, popular music goes, following popular chord progressions. It, it does none of that. It's very just like everything about the composition of that album is quirky, kind of like his voice can be at, at times. Like you don't like when you look at him like this is Iron Man, like that's 
that's I knew him as Iron Man and I knew him as the dude from U.S. Marshals. That's who I knew Robert Downey Jr. is. I'd heard he was incredibly talented, so he would make a good Iron Man. But like that's what I knew him as. And then to see him singing, I was like, there's a lot about him I don't know. Yeah, for me with um, with Robert Downey Jr., uh, I knew that he, he sang on Alan McBeal, but I didn't really pay attention to anything with him music related. Yeah, um, I know a lot of people probably <clears throat> probably more hipsters than anything enjoy Kiss Kiss <laughs> Bang Bang. Um, I, I have not listened to the whole out uh, his album The Futurist. I haven't listened to the whole thing, but. Um, it has jazz influences. Mm-hmm. It has folk influences or motifs, themes, however you want to call it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's. I think it may be an acquired taste. No, that I agree. It was it was a hard listen initially because, like I said, like it doesn't follow any popular constructs. Like you listen to the chord progressions. And usually, like, a lot of songwriters will say, like, when you're writing a song, even though, like, most, I don't want to say hipsters, but most people will say, like, oh, you don't want the song to be predictable. But predictability in pop music, especially, is pleasing to the listener's ear. Like, you don't know exactly what chord's coming next, but, like, you haven't, like, you know what, like, you don't know what's coming next, but you know it when you hear it. You like it when you hear it. And his songs don't follow any of those. And I, I don't know who wrote a lot of it. Um, uh, he did. Oh, he did. Okay, so that kind of fits his personality then. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it, it can be a hard listen, but I mean, it's, I don't know, it's it's worth a listen. But yeah, you're right, it is an acquired taste. Um, so listen to this is uh, "Man Like Me" from the Futurist. There's a little bit of. Okay, see, it was sounding like Bruce Springsteen. Now it sounds like somebody else. <laughs> he's got he's got all these all, all over the place um, influences, man. And he's from where is he from? He's from California, so that doesn't yeah that doesn't add up. Yeah, did he grow up in New Jersey? In a in a um. Oh, he was born in Manhattan. Okay, so he might have he might have grown up listening to some Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know where he's going with this song. Yeah, no, exactly. Like it just <laughs> it follows no. It's, I mean, he might have been on drugs at the time, and that influenced yeah, it a bit. Well, but yeah, possibly. Yeah, it just doesn't follow a lot of the popular constructs, and it can be a, it can be a hard listen. Um, you you really have to kind of settle in, but. I mean, if if you, well, of course you have YouTube. If you get a chance, go on YouTube and look up Robert Downey Jr. and Sting and hear how he sounds singing something that's a little bit more, um, for, you know, well-formatted, well-formulated, things like that. Like, it's, like, you could hear, like, if he got someone to write for him back then, he probably could have been a lot bigger than he was, music-wise. But, I mean, he's a big enough actor, so, yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's, this is kind of what we're going for as far as this, this list. Um not anyone who is in a musical. I mean, I mean, some of the, some people on the list have been in musicals, but just outside of that kind of, uh, outside of that realm, mm-hmm. um, to where maybe they're trying to be a serious artist. Yeah. 
because I would have probably suggested Jackie Chan, but he has an opera background. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Jackie Chan is on the list, but mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, he's. I saw a list on Watch Mojo of the uh, top ten artists you didn't know could sing, mm-hmm. something like that, and then they made another top ten list. <laughs> Jackie Chan <laughs> was on one of those, so. Yeah. Um, I mean, but I don't think people know him as a singer, at least not in America. No. But um, he is on this, on our playlist, Actors Who Sing, and um, you guys should check it out. But I think the, when, I guess when someone says uh, Actors Who Sing, this probably is the first song that comes to mind. Yeah. You didn't even have to say anything. <laughs> I knew Trick of Play. <laughs> With production by Rick James. Um, so uh, the weird thing is this is the only song that people know by Eddie Murphy Mm -hmm. Um, he has like a whole album guys I Uh, still remember Revolution Um, he did a song with Michael Jackson yeah Yeah, what's what's up up with you what's up with you famously made fun of by Martin (laughs) (laughs) um this is, I guess, this is the album version. He had another album called uh, that came out in 1989. Like this album, it, this is 1985. Yeah. He had another album that came out in 1989 called So Happy. Um, does it have the next one after that? Nope. It just has this comedy stuff. Because he was on, he sang on Dreamgirls too. Well, yeah, he was. Yeah. In, I mean, he's in Dreamgirls, so people know of his musical talent yeah I guess but uh, this is the only song that comes to mind for yeah. people <laughs> I felt like he was supposed to be like a Marvin Gaye type character in Dreams Girl in Dreamgirls well he was based on um, I think it was James Brown Jackie Wilson with the song Patience it was mm-hmm. it was Marvin I mean because even Dreamgirls Dream like <laughs> Dream is a parallel of Motown yeah you know? it's a parallel of the Supremes yeah um and um, yeah, with the song "Patience," he was Marvin Gaye, mm-hmm. and his other songs are based on Jackie Wilson, James Brown. Yeah, yeah I, um, I didn't think yeah. about his early career. He's wearing the purple suits. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, do you think? <laughs> it, it, this was 1985 when this song came out. Do you yeah. think like it was Rick James like doing him a favor, or? <laughs> Was he able to really convince him that, hey, I could do this music thing? I don't know. Um, <laughs> the When I've heard Rick James talk about it in interviews, it almost kind of comes off as an did, afterthought. Did he say like he didn't remember recording it? Or? He talked as if he didn't. Like He was like, <laughs> we went in the studio, we did part all the time, and, and Eddie had a big hit off of it. Like It was just like a, it was a Tuesday. I don't think he remembers a whole lot about it. Like it was just, it was like a Tuesday for him. Like, you know, like to Eddie, this was probably a big deal. Like, yeah, I'm gonna do my first song. And Rick was like, man, I do this all the time. I make hits. <laughs> um, so yeah, party all the time. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Asher Roth sampled this song. For really? What it is. We can, we can play it real quick. Oh, I Asher. It, I know it's, um, and his voice wasn't too bad on here. I mean, you could definitely tell that he's not a natural singer. Because um, I'm not going to lie, there's certain parts where he sounds, he kind of sounds flat throughout the song. But I mean, like, I mean, he's got a little bit of technique. I mean, he's not hes not awful. I'll just put it that way. He's not awful. There have been worse. There have been yeah, worse. definitely worse. 
Um, so this is the song. This is Asher Ross, Party Girl, where he sampled Party All the Time. Featuring Meek Mill. Oh. <laughs> So if you're gonna sample this song, I think this this is how it would sound. How old is this? Um, when did this come out? 2012. Okay. And then, well, it's rapping like Asheroff. I need to give him a chance. Past I love college. Is it worth yeah. it? I've heard him guest on a couple of songs. I've heard I heard him guest on some song. I can't think of the name of it. That was on one of the two K games, and I thought it was pretty good. Um, yeah, the beat helped, but yeah, I don't know. Um, well, and then with what's interesting with with like Eddie Murphy, um, and what some uh some comedians did is they would have a they would have their comedy album, but it would also have a song on it. Mm-hmm. Um. That wasn't the case with Eddie Murphy. I think that's what a lot of people thought he was going to do. Like Steve Martin has King Tut, mm-hmm. um, and you. I remember this one. I thought this was a good song, uh, but it was it was just really funny to me. You you may remember this one. When as soon as you said that, people including songs on their comedy albums. This is what I thought of immediately. <laughs> Doing his Leo Sayers impression. <laughs> <laughs> For those who haven't gotten it yet, this is uh, current Tonight Show host Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, he's 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 got a lot bigger since this. (laughs) Um, This one he he was still doing stand up, and I didn't know he was a stand up comedian. I just saw him on SNL, yeah, and thought he was funny. I've never seen him come up with an album. Oh, man. And then it became like there's a I think there's also a CBS video uh, or well, on YouTube of him being interviewed by CBS because he would change lyrics to songs, which he made part of the Tonight Show. Yeah. But they were like asking him about that, <laughs> like he was Weird Al or something. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was in that sense. They probably thought he was going to be the heir to Adam Sandler in that sense. Yeah. I think people wanted him to be. Yeah. Not necessarily the case. Uh, so yeah, Jimmy Fallon's idiot boyfriend. <laughs> the video had uh, who was the girl in the video? I don't remember. But I do remember it being funny. Um, I think it might have been Zoe Deschanel. It might have been somebody else though. Uh, to where he he goes to meet her parents for the first time, and. Uh, they asked him to sing a song and then he sings this. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, okay. Good memory. So yeah, check out the video too. It's pretty, it's really funny. Um, oh God, Mark Ronson played on that album. Huh. Well, that, that's why it, the music part sounds good. Mark Ronson like played bass and sound. keys and did some background vocals. God, Mark I because, I mean, I, not even to sound like, you know, like, oh, I listened to them before they were big. But, I mean, I was, I, I do remember hearing Mark Ronson cover of Just by Radiohead many, many years before Uptown Funk. So, 
that makes sense that he would do something like that because Mark Ronson's always been into funk music. Like that's just what he likes to do. So makes sense. Even though I I, I got sick of Uptown Funk, I don't want to. Oh no, yeah, no, I, I got, got sick of, of it too. Yeah, at the uh, I think it was the twenty fifteen mm-hmm. All Star Game. Oh, where uh, Bruno Mars performed. Did he well, perform that? It was the all. Well. Was it that one? Yeah, the All Star Game that was in New York. Mm-hmm. Watching All Star Saturday night every time they went to commercial. Oh, they played, they played that song. <laughs> well, I mean, when like, they came back from commercial, Uptown Funk. Like Jesus, Bruno I, Mars. I, I those were his like more man. Like those three years, you couldn't get away from him. <laughs> he he performed halftime at the Super Bowl twice, <laughs> twice, and. They're more established artists. They had to have turned it down or something. I don't know. But, you know, nothing against Bruno Mars. But I was just sick of that song. Yeah. No, I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, so there are uh, some artists that do songs from uh, that are in movies or which they're playing a musician or or it's a musical, you know, something along the lines of maybe Dreamgirls or um, uh, Pitch Perfect. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know how big the song, how big that that Cup song was. Yeah, it was it was on Billboard top. I, I know it was at least top fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this was one that I haven't seen the movie. I think it's on Netflix. <clears throat> typically want to hear people like her sing live um just to see how much of it it's because i mean i guess this isn't fair because i know they're actors first i just want to see how much of it was forced in the studio um and she kind of has a bit of a weak voice so it's conceivable to think that a lot of it's kind of forced in the studio which i mean it's a charming song you know it's a good song just um i've been burnt before (laughs) A la um, Lindsay Lohan being one of them. I do believe her musical career was very forced. Um, and that's why she don't do it no more. Because it was just forced. Um, so, uh, I don't think I put... Did I put her on the list? You put Probably. rumors on there. Okay. They don't have that's much... The, yeah. That's the only song I know that she did. Which was another reason I wanted to keep Apple Music. Because they have um, all of her stuff on there. Um, a, little more, a, little bit more pers- a little more personal. Which was her second album, which I really, really like. Because she had a tune on there produced by Butch Walker and another song on there written by Ben Moody. Um, From Evanescence, Spain. Yeah. 
that was back before you know butch walker realized he could work with better artists um <laughs> he discovered after that he discovered pink and uh the rest is history but um now pink would be on the uh singers who act list mm-hmm. um i don't know if we'll get into that because that's that's just cheating <laughs> Because we're talking, this is a music podcast, so we don't want to. I don't want to delve too much into someone's acting. Yeah, uh, on this podcast, at least. Um, <laughs> so, I, um, I also did like. Um, I just passed by the song. Where did it go? Where did it go? Um, I lost him. Oh yes, yeah, Jamie Fox. Now um, it's the thing with Jamie Fox, and which I I don't know if he's disowned it or not. But the the album with uh, um, what is this intuition? Okay, unpredictable. Which has um the song unpredictable? DJ play a love song. Can I take you home? Mm -hmm. That's not his first album, (laughs) y'all. It's not his first album. That's from two thousand five, but it's not his first album. Uh, Blame it from intuition. That's his biggest song. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe if you want to count Slow Jams, which is on Kanye's yeah. uh, College Dropout. Um, or if you want to say it's You Changed Me from his most recent album, uh, Hollywood. Um, his first album is an album called Peep This. It came out in like 94. He really? was still on a Living Color at the time. I did not know that. And um, it wasn't marketed very much. Um, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to find a song from it real quick, but, uh, I don't know if he's disowned it, (laughs) but you know, it was, you know, it was new Jack swing. It was R and B, you know, how it would sound in the nineties. Which is still my favorite era of R and B for the record. Um, and I guess while you look for that too, um, I, I thought this was very funny yeah. and kind of somewhat off topic, but on topic of what you were talking about, saying New Jack Swing. Um, I don't know if anyone out there watches American Greed, but Teddy Riley was on an episode of American Greed. He got scammed and it mm. made me sad. It made me very sad. I'm like, this is the godfather of New Jack Swing here. And we got people out here just taking advantage of him. That's not right, man. You know, I, I'm starting to believe more and more that Jamie Foxx disowned this album because there are two music videos, which I have never seen. Really? So he had at least two singles from this <laughs> album, Pete This. It's from 1994. Uh, this song is called, this was, I'll just go with the first single, which is called Infatuation. Oh, let's turn it up. Oh, let's try this again, y'all. <laughs> Love 
well too. This sounds familiar. I've heard this before. I don't know where, but this sounds very familiar. Or it could just be all the 90s R&B running together. Yeah, I think it... It sounds like... It sounds like Jodeci. Yeah. It sounds like R. Kelly. Like, you know, if you if you like them, I think you would like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder what... With who's the record company? Face. Why is it not on uh, Spotify? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Oh, it's a J. Rep. No, that's never. That was unpredictable. Let's see here. Peep this. Uh, Fox Records. So, oh, so it was. It was indie. It was. That's him. Oh, he wrote these. Oh yeah, he he wrote everything. Huh. He wrote everything. He probably played all the instruments too. Huh. I see. So they're saying um, they didn't have a they didn't have a seasoned producer. So. My guess is he probably yeah he played vocals, piano, and drum. And oh, vocals. this was this was released uh, through Fox, yeah, like 20th Century Fox, through Fox. Uh, he produced it. Yeah, um, they probably shouldn't have let him produce it by himself for a first <laughs> album. Ah, oh, they set him up for failure, man. That's not cool. I mean, I think he did a pretty good job, but. interesting though <laughs> oh god okay okay oh oh they went green screen on this video <laughs> <laughs> he's always been an odd looking fella too <laughs> Now, he's such a good singer that I will say sometimes I forget that he is an actor because he's such a good singer. Um, and I do like it when he throws in his singing and his comedy and his, and his stand-up. Um, yeah. Most notably when he did the Brady Bunch theme and the voice of um, Luther Vandross, <laughs> Prince, <laughs> and um, Babyface. And it was really cool. Yeah. Um, I do. Yeah. I yeah. think. Yeah. I remember that. Oh, it was I, awesome. Um but yeah, with uh, with this album, I think like even on the first song, uh, there were like snippets of someone asking, "Is this a comedy album?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, it is not. But I brought this. I brought up Pete this because my mom has this CD still. Oh, for real? <laughs> <laughs> my oh, mom man. still has this CD, um, and. Uh, yeah, I start I, when I was in high school. It was the first time I listened to it, and I'm like, "Why have I never heard this?" <laughs> and then when we were in college. They they comes out with this, um, with unpredictable, and everyone's like, "I'm like, everyone's gonna think this is his, his first, first album, album, or he yeah. he just discovered that he could sing," <laughs> um, you know. But um, uh, that that album is not on Spotify, but you can find it on YouTube. So just search Jamie Foxx, Peep This. Uh, it has the the whole album and that we were playing for the music video. That's why the the quality may be mm. a little crappy. Well, a lot crappy. <laughs> uh, but uh, he had two singles, which I I had never seen the video before. I just knew the album was out there. 
that almost sounded like "Don't Disturb This Groove." I think that's what that reminded me of. It it rem- it, it reminded me of uh, every Jodeci song, yeah. <laughs> and R. Kelly, early R. Kelly, yeah. when he still had the public announcement. That yeah. came up. <laughs> I I I will, I'm gonna check out the rest of that album. I wonder. I wonder. I bet it's on Apple Music. I bet it is. Um, I don't know. They seem they have everything that Spotify doesn't seem to have, and it's kind of disappointing. Uh, we can find out right now if it's on if it's on Apple Music. I don't know. I mean, he. I don't know if he ever talks about the album. So <laughs> I, like, I, I do feel like he disowned it. He's like, Mister Fox, um, tell us about Peep This. What? Peep, what? Huh? huh what? <laughs> um, you know, kind of like like with uh, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino. Mm-hmm. He uh, he made a mixtape. In like 2005, yeah, and it was called like the younger I get, and you know people can find his other mixtapes, except for that one. Hmm. I think maybe only like four people in the world have it, <laughs> but he he disowned it. Wow, really? <laughs> uh, he have said, you heard it? No, I oh. never heard it. He said he sounded like a decrepit Drake. Oh, oh. you know what? Pete, this is on iTunes. Yeah, so it's, I, I figured it was, um, and you can get it for nine ninety nine. If you feel it's worth it, <laughs> if you feel it's worth it. Um, so yeah, let me see what is what's his most popular song. And all that money should go to him since he wrote and produced it. <laughs> all that money. Um, his other singles. Well, the other single that was listed in the YouTube results that had a video with it is "Experiment." Um, he has a song called Experiment and I think that yeah just those two videos but um, it is on iTunes if you want to if you want to get it um, support Mr. Fox <laughs> yes um, Bishop. Um, okay so uh, also included on this list um, Antonio Banderas uh, Academy Award winner Brie Larson, um, which uh, Ben said she sounded like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did you say? It, was so- it sounded like the. Um, it sounded like the Disney actors. That they're like, all right, your show's big. Now you got to make an album, and they just threw them in there. The songs were already written. <laughs> they had no connection to them. They were all the. They're all the Max Martin imitation songs. They started with that with that uh, guitar riff and some and a drum machine. Then eventually you bring in the live drums. That's what that's what it sounds like. This is Brie Larson's She Said. And it's such a the title of the album, who let this happen? It's called the name of the album is Finally Out of PE. How old was she when she did this? Finally out of PE. Finally out of PE. It came out in 2005. Oh, boy. Oh, that's... Ooh, God, that... Mm. <laughs> okay. Maybe Brie Larson has the song of this album. Maybe. So she's 26 now. So... She was 15 when this came out? Still 15, too, old 16, too old for PE. Too old for PE. Finally out of PE. 
um, so yeah, there's that. Um, and there are uh, some, some interesting, um, things I found. Well, I, I, if you've seen walk hard, the Dewey Cox story, <laughs> you, you, you know that, um, it's a parody of music biopics is specifically Ray and walk the line. Um, but John C. Riley uh, is he's actually not a bad singer. I thought he sounded good. Um, and he was also in Chicago, uh, the musical Chicago. Oh, so, okay. you know, he has, he has that background. But I don't think people know him for being in Chicago, even mm-hmm. though he's nominated for an Oscar for it, I think. But um, also included uh, Hugh Laurie, also known mm-hmm. as Dr. House. <laughs> um, Robert Pattinson. I, I haven't even, I, you know what? Um, anyway, who else on this list? Um, <laughs> uh, Jeff Bridges, who came out with the album after doing, um, what is that movie? The Big Lebowski? No, no. no. The movie, he, he won an Oscar for it. Hmm. Uh, man, I haven't seen the movie. That's why I can't even name it right now. <laughs> uh, the Crazy Heart. Crazy Heart. Oh, the con- where he was a country singer. Where he was a country singer. Okay. This okay. album, his album came out after, let's see, Crazy Heart came out 2009. The album came out 2011, but it was actually his second album. Okay. But I think like it maybe renewed his interest or people were interested in hearing him sing. Um, so if you like, if you like blues country, um, I, I heard one of his songs on, uh, when when Apple did uh, when iTunes was doing like the free singles of the week, um, this was the first one I heard. No, I mean, I, no, no, I dig it. I mean, it's, it's, it doesn't sound like him, but I mean, it's, I didn't see Crazy yeah, Heart either. You may not think it's like, it looks, uh, his, you would think his voice was a little rougher than that, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, it's pretty clean. Um, yeah. So I, yeah, I heard that when, um, iTunes had their, like, their free on iTunes okay. download the song. So that was one of them. One song that, um, this is the only song that I know of by her, but people who ever watched, um, a different world Mm. or, um, watched any variety of cartoons within the last 25 years. Um, this is Cree summer. And, uh, if you hear the song, well, Ben probably already knows who wrote this song. Who wrote this? You don't recognize that voice? I do. Hold on, hold on. That's Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. 
Okay, yeah, I'm starting to really hear it. It took me a second. When he gets louder, that's when I really know him. Okay. And he probably played everything on it, too. She was in a different world? Free Summer? Yeah. yeah. I need to beef up on my uh, TV here. So, this was actually more Lenny Kravitz on this song yeah. <laughs> than her, but um, he did a lot on her. Uh, he did a lot on that album for us. That's from Street Fairy. It's on Spotify. Um, so, yeah, Cree Summer. Um, now another uh <laughs> there was a list on um on that watch mojo had i don't know why i give them so much pub but i like kind of inspire these lists sometimes they had a list of uh people who crashed as musicians mm-hmm. so that brings on crashes and like just they, they tried to, they oh. tried to do music and they were bad <laughs> so there's there's uh there's this one yeah, I know this. The return of Bruno. We I saw him. He was gone. <laughs> I saw him perform on SNL. Um, I was not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> this song was actually, if I'm not mistaken, it was actually number five. It hit number five on the Billboard Hot 100. I still remember listening to this in the car with my girlfriend. And her just being like, Bruce Willis did an album? She's like, he sings? I was like, he had money. Also, also, with this song, or with this album, The Return of Bruno, it was his first album, but also, it was on Motown. Oh, God. Uh, okay, yeah, so I do remember this. He was um, signed to Motown, y'all. Booker Bruce T. Willis. Booker T., The Point of Search and the Temptations. Um, were some of the backers on this. I was thinking it's Stevie Ray Vaughan, but that was on Don Johnson's album. The Stevie Ray Vaughan yeah. played. <laughs> rest, rest in peace. <laughs> um, but yeah, I remember playing. She was just like, and I was just like, yeah, he was probably just, you know, he had a lot of money. And when you have a lot of money, you can do what you want and people typically can't stop you. Okay. I had to look because one of the songs was, co- well, the album was produced by Robert Kraft. I'm like, uh, the owner of the Patriots. This <laughs> is a different Robert Kraft. Oh man! But um, yeah, on this album, um, yeah, it peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100. Yeah, but this was in the 80s where you can do anything. No, yeah, it was. I don't think that would have worked today. And I'm glad you mentioned Don Johnson. I totally left him off the list, but I'm going to add him right now. Yeah, I forgot. About, I forgot about him too. I just remember it being that he, you know, he's famous. He called in some favors. He got Stevie <laughs> Ray Vaughan to play on his album, and it made a really expensive music video. Yeah, <laughs> where he's like a Korean War, or Vietnam War photographer, or something like that. Okay, sorry, sorry about the, the keep playing the Bruce Willis. Well, you, you know, you just got to respect yourself, man. Yeah, you gotta, I need to respect myself more on that. Yeah. 
All right. So what we're going to do is um, we've had enough of this conversation. Well, I have. <laughs> um, I can't. The only other person that we did not cover who um, I do really like, and this is probably because I do lean um, very heavily towards pop music and sometimes obscure pop music. Um, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, oh, you know, let's let's play some Jennifer Love. Hewitt. She had you had bare naked on here. Um, I really like um, I like that song, and I also like um, How Do I Deal, which was from the um, <laughs> I know she did last summer part two soundtrack, I believe. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know why. Um, oh boy, I think she she really tried, and oh, I yeah. think she felt it was really gonna work. Yeah, she, I remember just, she was in House Arrest. She did a song for House Arrest. Yeah didn't hit she did a, i think these two songs are her biggest you okay what's interesting is okay she was on kids incorporated right in mm-hmm. the 80s so you know who she's really mad at fergie <laughs> she she, she, she <sighs> i bet you she thinks she's better than fergie and she's like i should have done the song milf money <laughs> that was that was supposed to be me oh god <laughs> i should have been the black eyed peas <laughs> Um, you were too busy making I Know What You Did Last Summer, too. <laughs> like, no, I still know what you I did still, last oh, summer. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I still know what you did last summer. Excuse or me. Or she was on, um, uh, what's that Heartbreakers? Show? Uh, or... Ghost Whisper. Oh, yeah, Ghost. Yeah, she was busy doing that. Oh, That's God. Was. Um, <laughs> uh, so, we're going to get to my earworm of the week. Um, I saw these guys perform at the basement in East Atlanta. Uh, I heard their song Main Squeeze on Bomani Jones at the right time. That's what got me interested in listening to them. Uh, and I think they follow me on Instagram. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, and I'm just, I was trying to think of like something because I've been listening to them today. Like, what do I want to play by them? Um, and I'm going to play what is now their, what they said is their newest single. I mean, I had already heard the song and saw the video and everything, but it's currently their new single. Um, and it's called Wanna Be, or it might be Wanna Bay. It's called, it's spelled B E Y. So this is All Cows Eat Grass Wanna Be.
I may have previously described the band as uh, if Owl City were black. Yeah. But yeah, I I saw them at the basement and it's a really good show. They are um, they seem like pretty cool people and they played at the White House recently. Really? Yeah. Like for Obama or just like yeah. Okay. Huh. It came up. Uh, but I think they work with uh, Janelle Monet and um, okay. a few other artists. Like as a backing band or something? Um, I guess so. I guess okay. you would say so. Or a touring band, something like that. Yeah. But I know she vouches for them at least. Okay. Um, so we're coming up on the end of the episode. I wanted to keep I want to keep our episodes to an hour and a half. We're at one thirty four, but okay. that's all right. Um so uh i i don't want to give i don't want to give away what our next topic will be um it it might be subject to change (laughs) i didn't i don't want to make a commitment too soon um but of course there are there are a lot of them Mm -hmm. a lot of topics out there that uh like you said they're they're endless um so what uh anything you want to like add as i like you mentioned jennifer love hewitt um did you like that song bare naked or did you are, is there any of these songs or any songs that an actor is um that an actor who doesn't who isn't known for singing has done that you that you liked i really did like bare naked not as much as i liked how do i deal um mainly for the the guitar solo which wasn't even that great um but i really like and i guess he was kind of known for singing because I knew he was a singer before he was an actor. Um, Jared Leto with 30 Seconds to Mars. Um, the first song that I heard from them was The Kill. I think prior to that, though, like a lot of people knew, um, I can't remember if it was the album or the, or the single Capricorn. So they were they were kind of around before um, The Kill, but I feel like they were only really known to like rock fans. Like you had to listen to rock, and then when The Kill came out, it was still rock fans, but like they kind of brought in more rock fans. The song got more play. Um and the videos got better. Like that's when he kind of went on this string of making like these really complex videos. Like for that one, the one from with the from yesterday where they're like in Japan mm. and they're fighting. And then like the um, Kings and Queens where I have to, I, I tell everyone that's a vi- that video is a love song. That's a love song to LA. That video is, um, it's just him riding through Los Angeles on bicycles 
it's a very beautiful video, like well, well shot and everything. Um, which I think in their case, really, like, I think, I, I don't know if he directed, directed these or not, but I'm pretty sure like his artistic input is not only in the music, but in the videos. And I think that's really helped them because like the videos are so good and that really kind of pushes the music, the music, uh, the songs in my opinion. So I really like the kill. I like his voice. Um, he's not as good live as he is recording who is nowadays, but like he sounds good enough. He gets the job done. And I think he sings his ass off on the kill. Like I really love that song. Um, yeah. All right. Um, well, before we get out of here and, um, um, move on with their lives, <laughs> but, uh, I want to, um, let the listeners know you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this, spell it out properly. Um, you can follow us on Instagram by the time you hear this, but the U part is just the letter U because we're urban. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, do you want to give out your Instagram or not yet? But there's there's a blog coming. I'm working on a blog right now. Yes, there will there will be a blog. Um, hopefully, Ben will let me write on it. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I wasn't I was nervous there for a second. No, <laughs> <laughs> not because I also want to. Um, I'm gonna link all of our playlists to it and stuff like that from Spotify. Okay, and then just I don't know, just recaps. I'm not 100 percent sure yet. I've always wanted to do. Well, I've done a music blog before, but I've always wanted to do a focused music blog, and I think this will help it be focused. I, my my last blog was all over the place. <laughs> all right, so uh, we will let you know of the blog when it's ready. Um, it might take as long as Frank Ocean's album release. God, I not. hope not. I, I know we say busy, but whoa. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you definitely find us on Facebook. This podcast is on. Um, it's on Podomatic. They host it. Uh, it's also on iTunes. Um, so uh, download it on the podcast. And it works really fast. It was, you know, I did a podcast before and it would take like hours after I put it on Podomatic for it to appear in iTunes. Now it's, it felt like seconds. <laughs> like I felt, I put, I put it up, I put the last episode up and then I went to my phone, the podcast app, and it's already like there, like starting to download automatically. <laughs> Like I, it was, it was, it felt like it was literally seconds. Are you saying you subscribe to this podcast? Yeah. I subscribe to my own podcast. So do I. (laughs) I like the sound of my own voice. Oh yeah. It's a pleasing baritone. I I can't say that I listen to it, but, uh, you know, I'll turn it on and I'm like, Hey babe, this is what I do. (laughs) And I'm like, she's not really in the podcast, but I try to force her to listen to it. (laughs) Um, you're going to like this podcast, whether you like it or not. Ben's girlfriend. I'm not going to say her name on here. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know where to find us. And you know what? Uh, since you mentioned it, we're going to end the podcast with 30 Seconds to Mars, The Kill. This first song I heard by them as well. And we will talk to you guys later. Peace. What is I-